recording? We. Oui. <laughs> and welcome to episode 28 of Stories from a Bar. I, also, the first quarantine edition. So this is, uh, is going to be new all around. Yes, trend setting. <laughs> Indeed. I'm your host, Chris Osborne, and today I'm hanging out virtually uh, with head brewer of C.H. Evans Brewing at the Albany Pump Station, Sam Pagano. Welcome back yeah, yeah. to the show, sir. Uh, thanks for having me. Had a blast the first time uh, at the restaurant. Fortunately, can't do that now, so now I'm in my living room. At least tell yeah. me you have clothes on. I was about to say pants <laughs> optional. Pants are optional. Well, I'm wearing shorts, but yeah. <laughs> I was about to say I'm actually wearing shorts myself, so it's true. It's uh, that's one of the great things about this quarantine stuff going on is it really doesn't matter what I look like five days of the week. Yeah, yeah, I really. And- Really, the other two are kind of questionable, too. <laughs> I, exactly. I mean, I feel like it's odd. I feel like I've looked better this week than I normally do at work because I've been out seeing people. Um, <laughs> but today I look like dog shit. Ah, you, I'm sure you look great. We have no video <laughs> to go on, but I'm sure you look fine. You sound like my mom. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, man, thanks for taking some time on your day off to be on the show again. Sure. Like we mentioned, it's a little bit different this time. This is the first episode I'm recording at home, actually, because of all the virus stuff going on out there. So uh, you're kind of like my little guinea pig here. Awesome. Is it going to be easier? Is it going to sound better than being... I mean, obviously, your you know title of the podcast is Stories from a Bar, so it makes sense to have... Well, stuff. I guess now it's going to be Stories from a Virtual Bar. Yeah. So I guess like the background, clinging, clanging, can be hard when you're recording stuff, but it's also kind of part. It's a, well, it's one of the great things. I love doing the show in different, you know, places just because I'd like to get a little bit of that ambience in the background and things like that. I probably lose a little bit with sound quality when it comes to, you know, trying to get things cleaned up. So I'm sure this will certainly sound much more clear for when we're talking. But uh, like I said, I think it's important to get that ambience when I can, but this should be interesting. I'm down. It tells me it's recording, so I guess I'll find out once we're done. <laughs> it says it's recording on my end. See, I'm like a producer now, too. Excellent. So it was a little over a year ago that you were on the show. Things different now. Like I said, we're both uh, hanging out in our own living rooms. Uh, I've done a, uh, a few other things on this since I set up my little recording studio here, but this is the first episode I'm doing from home. I got my boom mic all set. Nice. And uh, I will, hey, and... I was able to catch part of your virtual happy hour yesterday. Yeah, that was a good, that was a good time. I had a lot it, of it looked fun. Uh, you were talking about your struggle pizza when I was able to finally sit yes. down and check it out. But how did that end up coming out? Uh, it was delicious. I ate two struggle slices this morning for breakfast that I had left over. <laughs> uh, super weird pizza. I was just, uh, literally, I said in the, in the uh, virtual happy hours, I just kind of like walked around the pump station at work and because we're not open right now we are still doing takeout but there's still a lot of things that we're not utilizing and you know we had like a ton of pre-cut swiss cheese and salami so i'm like all right you know i'm gonna use this on my pizza so swiss cheese salami <laughs> baked it and then when it was done covered it in shredded romaine lettuce because i had one spear left in my fridge that was turning a little brown and um so probably a good time to use it Right, and some spicy mayo. It was actually man- Hellman's mayonnaise mixed with goshang, which is like a fermented Korean chili paste. Um, uh, and it was surprisingly delicious. I, uh, I struggle seems like an appropriate word. When exactly, yeah. Finding stuff weird. to put on there. Exactly. <laughs> Hopefully I inspired people to clean out their fridge in pizza form. Hey, man, this is a, uh, a time where you shouldn't let stuff go to waste. 
That's right. Indeed. And hopefully people are realizing that more now too. Yeah, it's uh it's a struggle between, you know, eating the crap that I've said I have in case of emergencies but never really want to eat and right. you know, ordering out or <laughs> going to the store. Yeah. I still have a closet with a 50 pound bag of rice and like 40 cans of beans that I haven't looked at. So I know what you're saying. <laughs> so we were talking a little bit about what we were drinking before. Why don't we bring that up as you were kind enough to deliver some beer to me the other day, but uh, we'll get into that in a second. What were you drinking? What am I right now? Uh, so for today, I mixed it up a little bit. Uh, I got going early in the morning. I think I cracked um, my first beer open at a, a little after 11.30 today. Yeah, yeah. And that's actually showing, showing some reserve. I like that. Uh, <laughs> I thought about doing it earlier, but I did want to exercise a little bit. Oh, yeah. Well, you had to bring it up make me feel bad now, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> they, um, but, yeah, no, I started early, so I wanted a little bit of mimosa action. But I figured why not combine that with some 9-pin. So I had 9-pin mimosas for – haven't done that before. Hours. How was it? Uh, delicious. I mean, think about boozy apple juice with, with uh, orange juice. I mean, really, it's Fair not point. bad at all. Now's the time to experiment. So, yeah. Yeah. Actually, I think it was fantastic. I, I, I wouldn't, I'm sure there's like bars and restaurants that do brunch that actually probably have that on the menu. I wouldn't doubt it. But it was good. And I drank those for a couple hours. And now I'm on to my raspberry sounds, which is a sour ale co fermented with raspberries and blackberries. Nice. Um, yeah, pretty tasty. It looks pink. It's pretty to look at. Tastes good. <laughs> I'm drinking some of the Quackenbush Kolsch you dropped off, which is yes. nice, light, and refreshing. Yes, love that beer. The uh, I drank my Pump Station Pale Ale yesterday. What'd you think? I switched up the hopping on that one quite a bit. I think now it's right where I, right where I want it. I liked it, man. Like I said uh, when I posted about it, I've been hit a lot of IPAs the couple yep. of days before. So it was nice to drink something that wasn't an IPA. And that, yep. the, that certainly hit the spot. Excellent. Again, and as well as this Kolsch, another, uh, <laughs> another taste bud refresher here. Very opposite of IPA there. Yeah. Plus, and to wrap up the trio that you dropped off, I have that uh, West Coast IPA sitting in the fridge, which I am looking forward to, which I'll probably uh, drink that one tomorrow. Excellent. I like it. So you're spreading it out. Yeah. Well, I, uh, well, the problem is <laughs> with the, these are all crawlers, of course. So I know when I open it, I have to be ready to at least drink two pints. Yep. Or, you well, know, that's been me opening up my 64 ounce growlers. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's another reason why I don't get growlers filled often. Cause I know once I open it, I got to be ready to pretty much drink it all within 24 hours. Yeah. It's a commitment. It is, but I'll probably get one filled later this week. Smart. I challenge yourself sometimes. Oh, I know, man. It's you got to have <laughs> goals for yourself. Okay. Different ways to entertain yourself these days. And honestly, when it comes to my beer drinking, I before you know, now that uh, I'm working from home three days a week and I go into the office two days a week, I didn't realize how many different type of beer drinking glasses I had. Oh, tell me about it. So yeah. I kind of I pour a different beer in a different glass just to kind of mix things up. <laughs> Trying to use them all just for the hell of it. I'm the same way, and this is a good time to use them all right now. Why don't uh, – all right. Well, I want to get into the pump station. As I said, you delivered these to me because this is a time of change for everybody. Yeah. With, uh, obviously, with all the some of the restaurants shutting down, you know, for good while the virus stuff goes on. You guys are close to the public, but you're still doing takeout and beer delivery. Yeah. Which – 
obviously is fantastic. It's you're out there doing God's work. Uh, uh, I try to be. Um, it's really tough. So, tell me how beer delivery is going for you. Beer deliveries have been going really, really well because it's been, been doing like, it surprisingly. So, it's been about. Know. Has it been about two weeks since you started doing it? I think. Uh, I'm gonna say week and a half or so. Yeah, about a week and a half or so, and it's just been phenomenal. The sport's been huge. What I've been really taken aback with is there's been certain communities where we go to you know, kind of suburban, you know, residential neighborhoods. And they're so well connected and within their own like Facebook and social media groups that I show up to one house and I'm like, okay, now you got to stop that house 17, 20, you know, 30, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And I spend a good hour and a half just driving, stopping every couple of houses. And there's adults waiting there. Like I'm the ice cream man. And that's uh, fantastic. It really is. And I, I can't thank those people enough. Um, super supportive. They make it super easy on me too, because again, I'm, I, I'm an idiot. I'm not a tech guy. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, some other companies are very quickly getting websites up and running and ordering. I don't know how to do that shit. And to be honest, no one that we have working there right now does or has the time to do it. So it's just been me kind of throwing my personal information out there and be like, call me up. Uh, so having that kind of organization, uh, without them even knowing I needed it has been uh, really awesome. And, and, and all in all, the deliveries has been, have been great, kind of been all over the Capital District. Um, people are being real supportive with that and, and with the food from the restaurant as well. That's awesome. And uh, when you dropped it off, I mentioned I used to deliver flowers. So I know yeah. what life on the road is like day after day, Wild. just dropping stuff <laughs> off. Like I used to be able to find my way pretty much anywhere without thinking about it. I knew the back roads. I think I delivered flowers somewhere between a year and two. I don't remember. And it, that was like 10 years ago at this point. So if you just dropped me on a road now, I would be super lost. <laughs> like I forgot all those, you know, secret routes that I used to know. Now I'm always looking shit up and checking my phone. I'm like, ah. Oh, no. And I've, I have found some unique areas that I've been. Uh, hell, I was all the way out in Ghent, New York, which I thought. So I went to Ghent, New York. As I was like, oh, the hell, I'll deliver a beer. We got nothing else going on. Well, again, New York is like 40 minutes from Albany. So I was like, whatever. It's a beautiful drive out there. And then I got a message, hey, uh, can you stop in Averill Park too? And again, I don't I don't know the area that well, I guess. And in my mind, I always pictured Averill Park was next again. Yep. And then when I put it in my GPS, it was like 40 minutes from getting <laughs> the other way. So I was like, oh, shit. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, I've seen, I've seen the rural country and I've been in the middle of the cities as well. It was, uh, yeah, delivering flowers. There was one, one time I went in the complete opposite direction. I thought I needed to go in and it was like a half hour before I realized that I'm not going the right way. So <laughs> yeah, I, I had to call home base and be like, I think you're going to have to send someone else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that and how it works? They just have like, uh, like a store loaded up with like bouquets and then they just, Oh, yeah. I mean, I, well, kind of. I worked for the supermarket chain Price Chopper, who changed yep, their name yep. to Market 32 now. And all the most of the Price Choppers had a floral department. So it was a matter of getting the call from, you know, the home base where all the vans were right. saying this store has this many deliveries. Go pick them up and take them out to the surrounding area. See, I've always wondered how, like, the 1-800 flower places work. Like... Are there unnamed stores somewhere or do they just roll up at Price Choppers and do that too? Like, I don't understand how that works. It's a, when Price Chopper got a delivery, like I said, this was at least over 10 years ago. So maybe it changed a little bit. 
but I, whenever they had flowers for a delivery, they would just call the main office, which is where we were stationed. And right. there'd be a dispatcher that would just send us to those stores for the day. Like there was, they'd send us up to a certain area. There were times where I just sit in my van and do homework yep. <laughs> or read. <laughs> it was uh, interesting times. See the things you learn on stories from a bar. And uh, actually one, I don't know if you've ever been out to this place called Palantine Bridge, but uh, it's a ways out somewhere. I, I don't even, so. I haven't been back since, but it does have an Amish community. So oh, I'd be driving nice. by, you know, the Amish on their horse and buggy. There'd be a place for the Amish to actually tie their horse and buggy up at the price chopper because I guess they would at least use the pharmacy from time to time. Oh, that's neat. Yeah, I had no idea. I thought they were pull basically little, cut off from everything. Did you like pull out your flip phone back in the day and try snapping pictures or what? That is, uh, I did not, but I know that's frowned upon. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've heard that too. They uh, one, one time my college buddy went to go visit him. He lives like, I don't even know, kind of like uh, below south of the Binghamton area on the Pennsylvania border. He's got like a rural cabin. And that was oh, the yeah. first time I like saw Amish in real life. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, that was, you know, I don't know what. It's, yeah, it's no rum springer. Now. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty cool though. Respect the Amish. I love Oh the yeah, movie. absolutely. Pinkman's a great a, movie too, by the way. <laughs> it's a hard lifestyle. I couldn't, I don't think I could hack it. That's for sure. No, definitely not. So how's, uh, with all the adjustments, how has the pump station been holding up now with, you know, food pickup and everything? We're holding up, but it's a day by day struggle. You know, like every, every little sale really, really counts. Uh, you know, we did, when, when the shit all hit the fan, you could stop going to restaurants. We just have to lay off 95% plus of our staff. Yeah, that's um, fun. We have a couple servers that rotate to help with to-goes in the bar area. We have a couple cooks that rotate to help, uh, as well as the head chef, the general manager, and myself that are still on. Uh, people have been super supportive. It's been great. I mean, again, we're, we're holding on right now. You can't count us out yet, but it can't go on forever and ideally not you know what i mean it's oh yeah absolutely it's grim the outlook and every other day or every day all of a sudden it's like well now we're going to stop having these people go work now we're going to stop having these people and it's getting to the point where it's like god damn just lock us up if that's what you need to do shut down everything for two weeks and like you know what i mean let's get it over with because it just seems like it's going to keep dragging on and and we certainly can't last forever doing this and neither can people because if you're out of work how long are you going to be able to order takeout and shit oh you yeah know? absolutely and that's you know I do what I can to help support by, you know, buying a lot of local beer and food here and there. But the problem is like, it's yeah. interesting because oh, we're know. fortunate enough to live in a great area that's just full of options. Right. You, I can't support them all. Yeah. Every yeah, day. Yeah. You can only afford for so long. I mean, a lot of people are out of work too, you know? So who knows? Well, we're going to see what's happening. Like I said, it's a day by day thing so far. So good. The beer, again, the beer sales have been massive for us. Um, it does kind of suck. I don't know if you were at that point yesterday when I was talking on the happy hour that, you know, we have a new head chef that we hired. He, he, I think he worked under, we didn't even announce that we have a new head chef because then this, this, this happened. Yeah. You know oh, I mean? And so this poor bastard, you know, he was our sous chef for a little bit, a little while, maybe a month or two. Um, um, so he's been around, but like, what a terrible time to be like, take the reins over and stressful too. I can only imagine because now you got a lot of pressure on us being like, you got to, you know, really, really watch your cost, but you still got to put out food. It needs to be, you know. Um, so he's he's doing a great job. Cameron McGee, shout out. He's a transplant from Wisconsin area. Oh, really? Uh, 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was here before this happened. It was like you just showed up, and then all of a sudden it was COVID lockdown. But, <laughs> but still, still pretty, pretty, uh, um, pretty shitty scenario to be in, and obviously not ideal for anyone. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So Where's I'm that? still like, when do we want to introduce our new chef on social media and stuff? And uh, who knows? Maybe we'll, maybe this is a good idea to do it now. <laughs> you know. I mean, it can't, I guess anything that draws attention certainly exactly. can't hurt right now. And, and that's just what we're constantly getting emails from, from, you know, different associations and this, like how to boost your business, social media, blah, 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 and stand out. So uh, who knows? Before this airs, it may even happen. So we'll say. So are you able to like, are you cooking up any new stuff? Are you able to, or is it really just kind of uh, focus in on what's currently offered mostly focusing in on what's currently offered so i had planned on i I was actually no i think today i was supposed to be on my way back from vacation a buddy of mine were driving down to Asheville, north carolina and then nashville tennessee uh obviously nashville had that big tornado and then of course this this shit happened yeah i I totally forgot about that that's gonna be even worse there yeah i know so we were um that's where we're supposed to be so i had Planned pretty well to not have to worry about making beer again until sometime after getting back, which is going to be now. But obviously, sales have been drastically less. So we have a good amount of beer. Uh, unfortunately, what does suck is I did, right before all this happened, I brewed double batch 20 barrels for us, um, which is roughly, I don't know, 630 gallons or so uh of brown ale and quackenbush colch which you're drinking now because that's also what we sell to distribution but of course with all the bars and restaurants closed there is no distribution so we're yeah. also hoping this gets over soon so you know our beer can still go out fresh we don't have to take a loss on that as well oh yeah that would be a super bummer yeah that's that's the kind of the crappy thing about beer you know other industries it sucks for everybody um but you know what your vodka is not going to go bad uh, a lot of times your cider isn't going to go bad. Your wine is just going to probably get better. Uh, our beer goes bad. You know, beer, beer, it doesn't go bad to the point where it's going to spoil and make you sick, but it gets stale and tastes not good. Um, so, you know, it's a tensely perishable item. So it's really important that we sell it as fast as can. You know, we say on average in craft beer, it's like from when it's put on draft to when you should consume it is within, you know, three months or so. Um, yeah, so, yeah, it's, it's got to be even more t- tough to find that balance now especially since things are changing from day to day how much to brew and have brewed and have yeah, in hand it is you know i like to usually have when we have the way it's set up we have 12 open taps one of them we keep with the visiting cider which has always been nine ten, and then the other 11 are beer options and yeah we're getting low on a few of them i have one other beer that's ready to go it's another new england ipa it's very delicious it needs to get on draft but other than that, the other ones that are low, I don't really have plans on replacing right now. I think I'm just going to let them go down and just have a draft list get smaller, more condensed, and then just focus on selling those beers. Yeah. Because that's just – we have no choice. I mean, literally, our place, you know, for those people that are listening that haven't been to the Albany pump station, it's a massive building. Uh, so just keeping the lights on for a week is expensive. You know, knew that going – you know, Neil, C.H. Evans himself, knew that going in. Um, but obviously didn't plan it for something like this. Yeah. Of course, uh, yeah. No one does. Yeah. And no insurance companies give a shit about this either. So, you know, you just, you're just figure it out, you know? Uh, um, so it's a very costly place to run. So, you know, right when this happened, I was about ready to order grain actually before they locked everything down. 
And I was like, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't order grain right now. And then, of course, they shut everything down. And, you know, a pallet of grain will make us about three beers. It costs like two grand. And if you can't sell those beers, that's two grand. Now you got to owe somebody. So, yeah, man. Yeah. So right now, I'm, just, I'm not sitting on any grain. Just the beers that are in the tanks and beers that we have in the kegs and focusing on that. Packaging a ton of it in growlers because um, that's how we've been selling. And, and that's that's basically it. And again, like like just like the restaurant and everything else, we're just playing it by day. Once all of this started happening and you guys kind of had to gradually shut down to the public, did you have to get like special permission to start delivering the beer? Uh, yeah, actually, the government was pretty. What um, you know, say whatever you want about Cuomo before all this. He's been great for this industry in New York State. You know, he understands that we rake in millions and billions of dollars. He understands the craft industry, you know, beer, wine, cider, spirits, all of it, employ tons of people. So he gets the economic impact we have on New York State. Um, um, so they were pretty quick to respond to this. So right away, you know, we could never roll up to your apartment complex with a Subaru full of crowlers, right? <laughs> <laughs> we can now. Um, you know, restaurants can never give, sell you a margarita to go in a quart contain, plastic container that normally stores wonton soup. But here we are. And they've really loosened up quite a bit. I won't say it's a straight free-for-all because, you know, I kind of um, push the limits on that a little bit. And they're like, no, 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 you can't do that. But for the most part, they understand we got to do what we can to survive. And, and yeah, it's, so yeah, and it's interesting because even – not just you guys. I had Frog Alley deliver some beer earlier in the week or last week at this point. It's hard to keep track of days now. But yeah. uh, <laughs> even places that weren't doing things, you know, like filling crawlers or growlers or delivering are doing that now. Yeah. To try Just to try to stay afloat. Yeah. I mean, what Which, are you going to do? I mean, think about it. Like I, I was saying, our, you know, our beer's perishable. So now you have this uh, restaurant, um, say, that may try to do takeout. Maybe they can only do takeout for a couple of weeks, but they still have all these kegs in their cooler. Well, what the hell are you supposed to, you know what I mean? Your beer's yeah. going to go bad. That's a huge loss for, you know, restaurants. And I know, cause we're not just a brewery, you know, we're a restaurant too, run on just the thinnest of margins. So <laughs> you got to do something. I know some places, um, the hollow great spot in Albany was the Bayou for a long time around Pearl street, big music venue and, yeah, I mean, the, it's, it's heartbreaking to see that they had to shut the doors. and Yeah, and they shut the doors, but they did, uh, you know, a like flash sale. And they yeah. just sold all their beer for like $10 a power. Their fan base showed up, knew a deal when they saw one, and helped them clean out their inventory, which, again, is awesome. Show of support from people. And, and they'll be fine, I think. I think they're going to come through it all. And they just decided, like, screw the takeout thing. Let's just cut costs, you know what I mean, and just yeah. close down and wait it out. And that's a totally fair approach. No, you certainly can't blame them for doing that. No, not at all. The uh, when you started delivering, you were also filling growlers, right? Yeah. So yeah. who put so, the kibosh on that? Yeah, the um, I posted it in one of our local beer groups here on Facebook, and somebody didn't like that I was doing that, so they reported us to the state liquor authority, and they you know politely called called us at the restaurant thankfully they talked to a manager at the time and not me because i'm a hothead and i probably got a license <laughs> oh man uh but yeah you know that still is a mobile bar and they didn't alleviate that law mobile bars are still legal you know i'm just driving around free-flowing you know booze interesting uh, so i guess that was where they drew the line <laughs> uh so it's not that's what i'm saying it, it wasn't a complete free-for-all you know there are still rules uh um but yeah yeah so they put the kibosh on that, which it was great. It did a ton of sales for us those days. And obviously, I'm, as a brewer, I spend most of my, my days cleaning. I know how to keep things clean and sanitary. I knew I was doing all the right steps, but uh, 
it did a lot of sales, but I've also sped up now with just crawlers. You know, I don't have to yeah. stop and pull stuff. So now I can drop and go. So when my phone is beeping, beep, 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 beep. I can, I can be a little bit quicker and get more beer to more hands. So, Oh, that's a plus at least. Yeah. Yeah. I like to look at the positives these days. <laughs> I, uh, I did see a headline. Maybe it was like two weeks ago at this point about a possible shortage of crawler cans. Mm, that might be, uh, that might be starting to, get tough to find especially like i said now that other places are kind of jumping in to just try to get either get rid of their stock or do any business yeah. they can have you had a uh, tough time coming terrible. across them yeah no no crawlers uh and that's really terrifying and a few places i've reached out of are, are both you all the same thing at least three weeks you know we've been selling upwards uh, let's just say on average of 100 plus crawlers a day the pallet i had originally before us so was probably a thousand cans i probably have like 200 left so you know we're getting it's getting scary because our crawler sales are roughly half our food sales every day and without them we most certainly will close our doors like there's no ifs ands or buts about it or just have to so to think like wow we could just run out of this because they don't have in stock and and that could be you know the nail in the coffin it's pretty scary i'm doing everything i can i'm i'm trading hops with a friend tomorrow for cans uh, you know, a hundred cans here, here and yeah. there. Just to, uh, I've sourced um, 32 ounce little plastic, uh, little glass growlers um, that we made potentially, obviously more expensive than the can, but we may go to. And also, um, the particular crawler machine we have from Dixie Canners actually can convert to any can size. Um, oh, all so right. It's very expensive. You know, I'm about to spend thousand dollars or so, but yeah, I can buy the parts that convert it so it could seem, you know, a 12 ounce can or a 16 ounce can. So. Uh, maybe we may explore those options as well. And <laughs> honestly, I wish I had a plan for something because, like everything else, out like everything I've said so far, just figure it out each day. Yeah, you know, man. It's talk, yeah, and we'll figure it out. And it's crazy, cause, and you know that's the most terrifying part is because literally every day is different than the last. You can, and you can't tell what the next day is going to be like. Yep. Exactly. You mentioned like 16 ounce and 12 ounce cans. It's funny. I've gotten so used to like drinking from pint size, 16 ounce cans yeah. that whenever I hold a 12 ounce can of anything, I just feel like a giant now. Yeah. Yeah. And you feel like you got a problem when you drink it in like three I'm goals. like, I can crush this just <laughs> in my hand. Yep. I know. Hey, that's how it always felt to me as is. And then I've had the same thing happen with the bigger can. So now when I grab a 12 ounce can, I mean, you could paint my hands green. I look like Shrek. <laughs> Well, let's talk about uh, how you've been keeping yourself busy when you're not brewing or delivering beer. So how's quarantine life at home on your day off? I'm getting really, if we're being honest, Chris, I'm getting huge. I'm just blowing up like a blimp. <laughs> um, I'm drinking a lot of beer, which isn't so, so odd, except for the fact that during normal uh, a work week, I'm I'm sweating my ass off. Yeah, you're usually spending at least the, eight hours a day running around and doing stuff. Yeah, and I go to the gym and stuff. So now I'm not doing that, and I'm still consuming beer. Uh, I have a big pizza habit. It's it's uh, <laughs> it's what I am. I was built on pizza. I was born for pizza. I love pizza. Um, so, you know, it's trying to just restrict eating too much, uh, which is good because when I'm on the road driving around every day, I don't eat. I don't won't eat anything all day. I'll come home, but it'll be like 8 p.m. by the time I get home. Then I'll eat a pizza, and then an hour later I'm sleeping. So it's probably the worst possible way to go about your diet. But <laughs> you know, these are trying times. Desperate uh, times, desperate measures. That's right. I've been watching a lot of Netflix, reading a lot of news. 
oddly enough, I, I read a lot of books. And during all this, I haven't even touched my books. No, um, I, it's, uh, <laughs> it, it's weird. Like I said, I have more free time on my hands. And, uh, and I keep telling myself I'm going to be productive, you know, with the podcast and things like that. But it's a to- usually a toss-up between that and being lazy and watching something on TV or playing video games. Yeah. And so uh, far, more often than not, the video games and TV have won. <laughs> yes. Oh, big time for me. Big time. Yeah, it's huge. It's really funny because I had more, more time, more or less, I have more time. But yeah, I haven't even touched my books. And I read those every day. So it's a little weird. The, uh, I will admit, I will say this, though. I've been a really good about hitting the exercise bike for an hour each day that I'm home. Yeah, see, that's where I'm going to get back on. That's where I fell off. You know, I like to go to the gym and run every day. Well, I'm telling myself now that it's even more essential because I am drinking more and eating more. Yeah. Oh, it is. Hey, Hunt, you know, my, um, my dad will give me a hard time every time. See, my dad, you know, was a physical, a phys ed teacher growing up. You know, he coached football, he's an athletics. The guy works out every day of his life. He's 62. He looks like he's, you know, 45 <laughs> or so. Um, but he gets on me all the time. He's like, you're fat. You got to work out every day. And I'd always, I always used to tell him, go, Dad, I, I bust my balls at work. I sweat through, like, three shirts. He goes, work is not the same as working out. Thanks, Dad. Um, so, yeah, so I know better than anybody that I need to be on the exercise bike in these times. I just, I haven't, you know. I haven't. I, I, I work out basically to maintain what I already have because I'm not going to get buff. I'm not going to get ripped, and I'm fine with that. <laughs> yep, yep. It's Show basically off, just to – It's easy. It's just so I can maintain all the crap that I currently eat and drink. Yep. No, I hear you. And still That's feel okay you, about myself. That was always part of his advice too because he goes, I'd be on the treadmill. I'd be, he'd be like, I'd be dying. I'd be dying. I'm working out. He goes, well, I'm thinking about is that cold Utica club when I get home. <laughs> yeah, as he always used to say – and I tell my friend Will this, everybody that knows me says it. You got to earn your pints. got to earn your pints. Oh, yeah. I like to think I did that today. Uh, and then, I, you know, I ate a bunch of mozzarella sticks for lunch. So that didn't help. <laughs> Balance. Indeed. Are you reading anything good the last time you picked up one of your books? Um, I've been – all right, yes. But Pascal, so recently I've been diving into fantasy. I read all kinds of stuff, mostly fiction. You know, I like creative writing and stuff. Yeah. Um, Patrick Rothfuss, he wrote a book called The Name of Wind, and then there's a follow-up, uh, uh, which I just finished reading, Wise Man's Fears, I believe, uh, A Wise Man's Fears. All right. Excellent, 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 and it's supposed to be a trilogy, so it's only he's got another one coming, it's like the Kingslayer Chronicle or something, or Kingkiller Chronicle, and he's got a third one coming, but it's just like George R. R. Martin with Game of Thrones, like, oh God. people have been waiting for it for years, and it's like, all right, buddy, uh, he's younger He's younger than Martin, so like I have faith it'll get written. I don't know about Martin. I hope they got him locked down in a bunker somewhere. He he says he's been writing since he's been in quarantine, but at at this point, like I read all the books that were out before the show ended and everything like that. Yep. Now I have no interest to read any more <laughs> that he publishes. Well, I want to see it because I want it to be drastically That's, different. It's no reflection of whatever people you know whatever you think of the show i just i can't go through any more of those books (laughs) they were god they were so large and just so wordy unnecessarily (laughs) see those i just fly through i have no idea how i look up and i'm like oh man i read 200 pages i uh i wanted to start reading the witcher series because i watched the netflix show and i played one of the games see i remember the game the netflix series though i i watched it 
I could, I I struggled getting into it. It was almost a little too soap opera cheesy for me. Like I don't know when I, when he would talk to Jennifer and go Yen. Like I just lost it every time. Like what the hell? <laughs> no, I could. Yeah, I could see a little bit of a soap opera type issue. He's still pretty. <laughs> well, if you want to feel even worse about yourself, I was reading that he was just wearing out the leather from his, you know, costume just from wearing it. <laughs> oh yeah, of course, sure he was. <laughs> Big beefcake over here. I thought the, sh- I mean, overall, I thought the show was pretty good, and I really enjoyed the game. So I was going to start reading the series, and I bought one great. of the books. But it turns out the book I bought is uh, technically is the first part of the actual Witcher series, but he went back and wrote like two prequel books. Like son of a bitch, I want to start uh, with the prequel books. <laughs> mm. Try well, to find that. To start with that. Technically, I feel like you start with what they released with. You yeah, know, because that was his mind, and he's the one that wrote it all. I can, although that book is at my desk at work, so I can't pick that up. <laughs> Quarantine. Yeah. See struggle problems. Here we go again. I'll be there later this week, so maybe I'll bring actually bring it home this time. <laughs> Nice. I will say though, for a uh, at least with the quarantine, I have an excuse not to get a haircut because I fucking hate getting haircuts. Yeah, I'm. I cut my own hair because I hate them so much. Dude, and before it's... that, my father cut my hair, and now I'm growing a mullet, so I don't give a shit anything. <laughs> Again, it doesn't really matter what we look like anymore. Oh no! Well, <laughs> I can't wait to come out of this. I'm gonna look amazing. I've been seeing a lot of memes about you know those before and after quarantine images that people are posting, and it's gonna be interesting. I'm way too nervous to do that. I don't even want to see. <laughs> what else have you had going on? Anything else? Not really. Uh, um, to be honest, I mean, this has kind of been consuming my whole life. Uh, I, I texted my buddy this morning. I was supposed to be going on vacation with. And I was like, this is the worst fucking vacation I've ever been on. Oh, that's, uh, yeah, that's got to be a bummer because you even had to cancel your vacation because of this. Yeah, thing. and to be honest, in like my adult vacation life, this was maybe like my third vacation i have and my second one was just this past october with my girlfriend so i haven't been, done a lot of things where i've like been away from my real job my adult life for over a week so no, yeah this either. one sucks the uh yeah whenever i take vacation days it's never it's been i don't even know the last time it's been more than just a couple in a row yeah that's that's like what i would do so like this is you know looking forward to it saving for it but whatever and you is what it is you were going to hit Asheville and Nashville, right? Yeah, so we were at a compromise. He's a, he's a hillbilly. So <laughs> it, it's my buddy, Will. He's actually really good friends with Aaron. Um, they've known each other since they were babies. You know, they're family friends. I don't know if you know Will or not. but Don't know Will. Uh, definitely know Aaron. Yeah, so Will, Will is he's a fiddler. You know, he plays the mandolin and stuff. He really want to go to Nashville. He want to do some honking and seek all these different type of, you know, folk country shows and stuff. And I was like, all right, fine, but I don't want to spend that much time in Nashville. Why not drive down and we can go through Asheville too. Asheville, North Carolina, mountain town or mountain little town. It's smaller than Albany. Oh, yeah, uh, I've like, been there. I've been tattooed. Oh, yeah. yeah, I've gotten tattooed there. Oh, well, that's like a beer capital. Oh, yeah. Um, so I was like, perfect. You know, this would be a great trip. We'll go to both. We'll road trip it. That's always fun. Stop somewhere, you know, stop in Philly and get a cheesesteak and some crabs in Maryland or whatever. But yeah, no, instead of doing that, I've been driving around uh, sketchily selling beer out of the trunk of my car. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. If only it was a van, it would be even more creepy. I know. I'll tell you this right now. And I've told other people on my deliveries, I get really freaked out because at every stop, you know, I put on a new pair of gloves. 
Yeah. You know, as I try, you know, I'm very cautious, wear my gloves, change them once I'm done dealing with the money and everything. And a lot of times I'm in these suburban neighborhoods and I pull up to a house and I'm strapping on my gloves and there's just like kids in the driveway playing basketball. And they, like little kids, they just stop and look at me. And then you hear them go, mom, dad, and run in the house. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> like, you know, no, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> it's so weird and uncomfortable. I honestly, I don't. When this is all over, I, I'm never going to deliver that's hilarious. anything ever again. Like, I just, Oh, man. Oh, I really wish you were just driving up in an actual ice cream truck now. <laughs> it's so weird. Don't worry. My Subaru <laughs> with my rattly engine is just as creepy. The tinted windows. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, oh, so that's, that's yeah. my been doing a lot of cleaning too of course and uh i gotta tell you i i went into walmart yesterday for a few things and just those like cleaning goods aisles are wiped out and it's ridiculous still <laughs> oh yeah can you buy toilet paper now i don't even know well i didn't need any when i was in there yesterday when i i went in there last week and they had two boxes of like the single scott rolls and that was it wow well, while we're on the topic of toilet paper, I was reading the Times Union this morning. The original patent for perforated toilet paper was in Albany, uh, right? Lark, Lark Street, uh, Albany, New York. Yeah. And in the patent, that paper goes over the roll, not under. So everybody that's doing it the other way is wrong. I 100% agree with you. Good. I'm glad. I'm, if I'm an overman. If you didn't, I was going to shut my computer and. Go eat some pasta. <laughs> Seems like an appropriate argument to really, you know, <laughs> die on a hill on. That's that's my line. I draw it in the sand. That's uh, not a lot of stuff where I'll die on the hill for the argument, but that's one of them. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Is a hot dog a sandwich? No. <laughs> you answered that pretty quick. Uh, yeah, no. It's meat in a, a bread bowl. How's that any different? It's meat in between, you know, bread. When I take a piece of one slice of bread... And I lazily shoved salami into it and folded it into my hand. That is not a sandwich. That is meat in a bread cake. <laughs> different. I, I can't explain how. It's just different. I don't. It's funny the amount of you know anger and determination that question draws from people because I don't have a stance one way or the other, or at least particularly strong enough to argue that I want to argue my points. But uh, we got a. a was it maybe a little over a year ago or so we got a new big boss at work and he was stationed in Pittsburgh and he was up visiting our group so he's a remote boss for us and the first question I asked him was is a hot dog a sandwich this is how I introduced myself to the brand new boss <laughs> <laughs> and he vehemently I can't even pronounce that word I'm drinking too much Kolsch vehemently yeah yes or Vietnamese not Vietnamese. <laughs> Strongly made his opinion clear that it was not a sandwich. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I asked the wrong question here. Uh, that's fine. <laughs> you got to go in strong sometimes. Yeah. So I love asking people that just to kind of get their reactions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Bread in the meat fold. Bread in the meat fold. <laughs> I, uh, I said, I mentioned earlier, desperate times call for desperate measures. I watched Howard the Duck the other night, which, oh. you, which you saw my Facebook status on. Yeah, Howard the Duck rocks. I was a little confused. Though. It looked like he was in 3D. I don't get it. No, it was the original Howard the Duck. I just rented it from Amazon. Oh, why they why they make a 3D like image of Howard? It looked like a video game, Howard the Duck. No, I must have just been the angle I was taking the picture of my oh, TV. Oh, I was a little confused about that. I was like, wait, is he watching the original? 
Howard the Duck, I remember when I was a little kid, made me so uncomfortable to watch. <laughs> um, and See, I love it because of that. And I watched it because I haven't watched it since I was a little kid. Like, I know I watched it when I was young. I just don't remember it well. So I had, I had to finally buckle down and, you know, three or four beers later, actually bite the bullet and rent it. Was it uncomfortable, it. as I remember it being? I didn't think it was uncomfortable. I thought it was worth it. <laughs> yeah, all right, good. Maybe I'll fire that up tonight. What was it? What Wait, was it let, me, let me rephrase. Most of it was fine. There were a couple <laughs> scenes that I'm like, all okay, right, now I'm feeling a little weird. Yeah, you're like, hold this. on a second. People are going to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, let me re- rephrase my answer there. There were a few <laughs> scenes. Yes, it seemed a little awkward. Yeah, especially if you're watching like your fucking parents or something when you're a little kid. What was that on? I found it on Amazon. I was on the Amazon. All right, sweet. I'm gonna watch that tonight. Yeah, 1986, baby. <laughs> oh, that was my that was my birth year. Yeah, I was three years old. Nice, you're old as dirt. I'm older than you, son of a bitch. Yeah, 86, baby. Cinco de Mayo. Oh wow. Were you really Cinco de Mayo? Cinco de Mayo. You the were world born changed in, that day in '86. You were born to make beer. That's right. That's true. <laughs> and easily quaff tequila too. That's another one of my special talents. Is it? Oh, I love good tequila. I, uh, I'm i not a big liquor drinker, so it's been quite some time since I've had tequila. Honestly, I'm not either, but that's what I'll drink. And I, I do, like a, good, I do my, like a good Mark, though. Those are great. Yeah, oh, I like Marks, too. But my last owner, uh, he, he not my last, <laughs> sound like a dog. Uh, <laughs> the, the previous career I worked at, City Scene Hartford, Connecticut, had an owner, a gentleman who was in his mid-70s, uh, his name is Ron Ronald, which is a fucking amazing. Ron the, guy was, the guy is a treasure. I've never met anybody so wild and just awesome. And he had a very fine taste for well-made tequila. And he's who got me to drink a tequila. And I go over to his house. He goes over and is like, you know, fucking wine cave and fall, all these great bottles of tequila and make me taste them all and everything. And really, you know, it's the same of everything. Like, I'm not a spirit drinker, but if you go to, a, you know, a distillery, uh, you know, Jack Daniels or whatever, you know, yeah. and that person that's touring you and tasting you and their passion comes through and all, you know, you appreciate it differently. It's not like suddenly like, wow, I can sip and savor this and not have to like chug it and chase it with Coke. Oh, you yeah, know? absolutely. Yeah, and that's kind of what happened with him, uh, with myself when I was in Connecticut in tequila, and, and I love it now. And it has to be good stuff. You know, Cuervo's garbage. Uh, uh, <laughs> is like one of the best tasting liquor drinks I've ever had. You know, it's it's uh, they have like the Blanco and Reposado and everything. Just excellent, excellent tequila. And you know, it's like eight dollars a bottle, so of course I never buy it. Um, <laughs> but you know, when someone's gonna hand me some tequila. Or they have a good selection. That is usually what I'll drink if it's got to be the hard liquor. When I uh, actually speak, we talked about, we mentioned Aaron earlier when I said I was going to, you were going to be back on the podcast. He wanted me to make sure that I told you, of course, Aaron Sturdivant from the podcast, Horror oh, Sir Sturdy out there, that uh, <laughs> he's like, tell Sam I love him. <laughs> oh, I love Aaron too. I haven't seen Just, him in a long time. Just like he said last time, I said you were going to be. A- <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I feel like I'm having deja vu. I uh, actually the when I started when I set up my little recording area here at home, I was recorded an episode of his podcast first the other day to really test out the stuff. 
So be on the lookout, people out there, for a new episode of Horror with Sir Sturdy, where we talk about the movie Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Oh my God, that fucking movie. <laughs> Have you seen that one too? Oh yeah, of course I've seen that one. <laughs> Actually, I think that, was a, I think that was an 86 movie too. Yeah, I mean, aren't all those like weird, <laughs> isn't that like when all those weird, funky, I don't know, borderline horror movies, I guess. Uh, I don't know. I just, I love those ridiculous, over the top comedy type horror movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's mid 80s. That's the time yeah. And 80s was the perfect time for that kind of cheese. <laughs> like, and I was mentioning this to him when I was watching it. In the early beginning, there's one scene where, you know, this teenager is just waiting to cross the street carrying two grocery bags full of beer. <laughs> and he goes to take a sip from the can and it just says beer on the side in big letters. <laughs> That's a hell of a prop. I should do that. That'd be a hell of a. That'd be such a great looking can of beer right now, though, wouldn't it? It's just like, like a white label that just says beer. Can you imagine that now on the shelves with all the different, you know, people companies are paying people thousands of dollars to do artwork and shit, and just having that one can that says beer or duff or something like that. Like, that's it. <laughs> that'd be. It'd be pretty funny to see what people's reactions were for that. I may do that. Stay there you tuned. go. And, you know, give me the credit because I just brought yeah, that up. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> uh, all right. So I think we might as well wrap up. I don't know. It's going to be interesting going forward with these at-home quarantine episodes. Maybe I'll just rattle off a bunch of shorter ones and check in on people. Or one Yeah. I mean, who knows? You, like the rest of us, just figure it out as you go. One uh, positive aspect is now that I don't have to worry about getting home after, I can get even more ripped. Yes. As I do. This. <laughs> As now I only have to try to walk to the couch afterwards. <laughs> well, I... it works out if you um, bring a little cooler with you and you put it next to the couch. <laughs> I found that works pretty well for me. Well, I suppose just walking to the couch could have its challenges too, depending on how much I drink. That is also factual. <laughs> you got to get, have you had uh, Scott Veltman on here yet from Indian Ladder Farms? He was on briefly. I'm, I did go to Indian. I did an episode at Indian Ladder Farms, but I talked to Dietrich. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. For most of the time, and then talked to Scott for like the last 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, Dietrich's the man. Scott's good for airtime. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'll do, uh, maybe I'll get a hold of him and check in on how things are going at the farm these days. Yeah, good idea. He's right. living on the farms. So he's probably getting bored up there. <laughs> Farm life is already a different type of life to begin with. Mm -hmm. So that's going to do it for this episode of Stories from a Bar. Th Sam, thanks for taking some time on your day off to hang out, drink some beers yeah. virtually, and you know share some stories about life on the road. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. I look forward to listening to uh, uh, the podcast. Awesome. Yeah, obviously, like we talked about, it's a crazy time out there these days. Uh, for people wondering or who may not already know, how can they? what can they do right now to help support C.H. Evans? Yeah, so the first thing I would say to do is definitely follow us on our Facebook and Instagram page. That's where we keep everybody up to date on what's going on, hours as they change, menu items as they change. Um, that's really like our point of contact with the public. Tuesday through Sunday – um, we're open almost all day until usually around like eight o'clock or so. Um, you can call the restaurant directly for takeout or curbside pickup at 518-447-9000. And when you do order directly through us, we also throw in a $5 gift card just to say thank you. Nice. Um, or you can also find us on Grubhub and Uber Eats, um, for your food, um, needs. We also do crowler deliveries. That's all coordinated by myself. 
again, I just post out my number when I'm on the road uh, uh, and what I have available. So again, just follow our social media and you'll get really up to date stuff with that uh, um, for what, what I'll have, where I'll be, you know, that kind of thing and how to get in touch with me. Uh, um, so that would be the number one way to support us um, through all of this. And again, those of you who already have, thank you so much. Those of you are thinking about it, we're still here. Awesome. Now you heard the man follow their social media really for all the information you'll need. And while we didn't go into, of course, everything about your deep dive into CH Evans and the history behind it, if you're interested in that, you can always go back and check out episode 14 where Sam and I talked all about that. A big thank you to everyone out there for checking out the show. You can find Stories from Avar on Facebook and, of course, follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at StoriesFAB. You'll find the show on Apple and Google Podcasts, Podbeam, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, pretty much wherever you would go to look for a podcast. Hopefully, you'll find Stories from Avar there. If not, certainly let me know more than anything. And also, be sure to subscribe. I greatly appreciate it. And even more importantly, leave a fantastic review and help spread the word. So until next time, cheers.